Hello and welcome to the HR Sex Podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. This is our first episode for our champion series. We're going to be doing where we talk to former professional sports champions and their experiences in playing for winning organizations. I don't feel like you really need much of an intro, so and I don't think I have the ability to properly introduce our incredible guest for this episode. He is NBA All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year, and 2010 NBA Champion Meta World Peace. It's so good to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I bleed purple and gold. I don't know if, if you knew that coming into this. Um, so for me, it's especially fun to have you on here. I don't even know why you said yes, because it's not a very popular podcast, but it might be now. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know um, interesting topics and interesting people, you know, uh, they attract, uh, you know, each other. And when COVID-19 happened, everyone was going online. And mm -hmm. whether you were ESPN or whether you were Joe Rogan or whether you were somebody off LinkedIn that's starting their own podcast. You know, uh, certain people have a bigger audience than others, obviously, but uh, when, you, when you're reading your timeline and reading your feed, you're just reading interesting things and people are, you know, so, I'm just so curious, you know, not, not just about the big publications. And honestly, I didn't even know um, how big or small your a podcast is or is gonna be, but, one thing that was interesting was HR. And I, I was like, HR sucks? Like, what does that even mean? And I was very interested, <laughs> you know, in talking about that. So, I mean, I would have talked to you on a Zoom meeting, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. but obviously, this is more of a vlog, and this is fine, too. Awesome. One of the things I learned about you in preparing for this was that you chose number 37 in honor of Michael Jackson. I didn't even know that about you. Yeah, well, his um, album, Thriller, with... 37 weeks at number one. And I needed something to motivate me that season, you know, to come out number one. And, uh, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be my last opportunity to win. And for sure it was. I didn't want another ring. So Michael Jackson is one of the greatest, you know, entertainers, sports or non-sports, alive, right? Uh, well, mm -hmm. sorry, not alive, but ever. Have lived, have ever lived. Have, have ever lived, absolutely. R.I.P. Michael Jackson. I mean, and as a kid, it was very inspiring. I was, as a kid, I always wanted to be like, you know, Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan or, you know, somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that sticks with you, you know. So um, in 2010, I, I, I decided to change my number for Michael Jackson. He passed away that year, wasn't it, in 2010? He did. Michael Jackson passed away in 2009, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it was very close to the time you came on board with the Lakers, right? Well, yeah, because he passed away, I think, in June, I think, and, um, it, mm -hmm. right, and so obviously, I think that had an effect also, yeah, so then I said, yeah, I was trying to latch on to something, and Michael was somebody who touched me a lot, so, you know, I just wanted to, you know, just pay my respects, and I just felt like, you know, I'm going to do something great this season, you know? And and you, you sure were that season. Yeah. Um, you've had such a long career as an athlete. I believe it came, comes out to about 18 years total in the NBA or 17 years. 
Is that correct? Uh, 18 yeah. years total uh, professional basketball player. One year I was suspended. In another year I went overseas. You were suspended? I, I was suspended. Was I? <laughs> um, it was 16 playing years. Um, and then yeah. 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 But it was, you know, it was good. Long run. It was long. And so tell me what you're up to now. So now I'm up to uh, artestmanagementgroup.com. I hold this company and we do a lot of great things. We had a couple companies that is in our incubator, which is X first, X sports is one. Uh, we have an e-commerce company, the Pandas Friend uh, is, is another. Uh, we were slowly building our in-house marketing capabilities, which I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, Artest Management Group has a lot of people on a team who are not only working on our projects, but they have their own aspirations also. So uh, we're able to connect them within our team and they're able to take on projects. So a couple of our uh, team members ha have outsourced, you know, you know, their services, you know, which is really good. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be a big service for uh, athletes and entertainers in the future. Uh, we also have investments that we make. So we have a couple companies that we invested in. Uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot, of, I got a lot of inspiration from companies like, you know, uh, I would say like Disney and, and, uh, and Marriott, they had these investment arms, you know, um, you know, that came after their business. Right. Even like DraftKings has an investment arm called Drive. So, you know, when you look at all these companies, it, it's really inspiring um, for someone that came from a place where I never had dreams of having, you know, my own, my own corporation. For sure. A lot of professional athletes, I've noticed, they usually stay in their, their respective sport or they go into business. And just to touch on one of your projects, the X versus X, that project is doing both. What was the inspiration behind X versus X sports? I mean, exactly what you said with uh, a touch of philanthropy. So X versus X sports is a, is a business and is also sports, which I'm really grateful that I'm able to stick to sports. And it also has a lot of social impact uh, initiatives um, that's kind of embedded in, in, in how the company is, is running. Mm -hmm. I really, I felt like people wasn't able to find a lot of games accordingly. Meaning if you want to play a basketball game at your level, how are you going to find it? Now, granted, there's a lot of companies coming out with these different features and functions and services, uh, which is a good thing. You know, it proves that uh, there's a marketplace. But then also, I think for NBA players that retire, this platform is really good for them also. So this platform is good for recreational and pro players, and we're launching about mid-June. When I was, around, I was about 20 years old, I was invited, a manager of mine where I was working at a bank, you know, realized how much I loved basketball. And so I got invited to a tournament. It was a Latino tournament. And these guys were good. I, I mean, I didn't even know basketball at this like camaraderie, this level of of even this level of athleticism existed outside of you know what you see on TV and so I agree there's definitely a marketplace for people who just want to get together and play basketball and have that type of community yeah absolutely and then also I think more than playing basketball uh, you can also meet people that you might want to do business with in the future you know people that have the same 
uh, interests, like-minded interests, and that's something that we bring to the table. You'll see when the app comes out, you'll see the, you know, the type of communities that we're trying to build. So it's, it's going to be an app. It's an app. Yeah, it, it's an app. Um, you, could, you could also do these type of companies on websites. You don't have to launch an app. You can just do these companies on websites or just do some events, you know, uh, but I felt like the type of data that we want to collect, uh, we, we went straight to an app, um, you know, so we, we had that option of just making it a mobile web or just a website, but I, I prefer the app directly on the phone. And uh, I think the, I, I feel like the, in the end, we'll be collecting so much uh, data for, for example, you know, players that want to play in leagues or players that want to coach or referees, like so many different things that's important that I, I felt like, you know, I could have just connected a website to Google Analytics or something like that, but I wasn't really um, collecting the data that I want to. So that's, that's the reason that we decided to go with an app. Uh, have you all hired or started to hire employees yet? Oh, uh, we have, uh, so we're a startup. So we, we were in a stage where we had, uh, we raised um, uh, 1.5 million. We hired, built it, um, COVID happened. So we had to actually um, release some of the staff members, which was very unfortunate. Um, obviously the, the, the SBA, um, the, the stimulus package was more geared towards companies um, that had W-2 employees. Mm-hmm not just 1099 employees. So startups is typically going to have 1099 employees. So uh, we were in the phase of, of uh, hiring more employees, but some people stayed on as advisors and given in a lot of time and effort, right? So then we just gave some options to a few people, you know, so they could be compensated for their time. Do you plan to do the hiring yourself or were you doing the hiring yourself or did you have other people doing the hiring? Well, you know, as a startup, you know, when you're a startup, you're a seed. And for the most part, it's a self-planted seed. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you have to water yourself. You have to grow yourself. And you got to find those stems, right, that can help you grow. <laughs> so it started out with just me. And um, then I said I was starting to use my advisors to see what type of people I should bring on. And, you know, so most of the uh, hiring came from me personally. And as I get more people involved, then they start to suggest we should hire this type of person. We should hire, you know, this type of person. But I've been hands-on along the process. So I've actually learned a lot along the way. But in terms of hiring uh, in the future, I probably won't be doing that. Your life cycle, you, as an athlete, now you're the coach in a way, right? Do you have favorite questions that you like to ask applicants when they're applying for positions with any of your companies? Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm an optimist. Um, my partner is very logical. So, you know, I, I, I naturally see the best in people. So, you know, I want to know what they want to do. I want to know what are you passionate about? You know, when people, when my interns come to me and, and work with me, not only do I want you to help my company, but I want you to grow as a person, as a business person. Uh, some people, you know, and if you have that entrepreneur spirit and you're an intern for me uh, or if you work for me, then I, I want you to continue that. I want to I wanna be the company that helps you blossom, right? So I'm always into what, you know, the person I'm going to hire, I'm really into what they do. And then how can you apply that here? 
uh, it's not like an iron fist where you can, we always take input and suggestions and then we'll take it up to a high level then I make the final decision. But we love when people are bringing the A game. You know, we want you to bring your A game around 360 degrees um, from ideas to your passion. You know, um, you know, even if you have issues one day, we, we like to be the type of company where you might, you can call one of us internally, you know, to talk and different things like that. Because as a small company, you know, you ha it has to be like a team. You know, you got to build that synergy. No, I totally agree. I, I like that you ask these questions. I mean, it's such a buzzword, right? Oh, ask them what they're passionate about, but not a lot of companies know how to utilize that information. They just ask the question because Google said to ask the question, right? But they don't really know how to, you know, interpret it and understand, okay, they said they're passionate about this. So how can we help them, you know, work in that passion more directly? So I really, I think that just you doing that part of it, you're off to a great start. Yes. Um, what sports philosophies are you are you taking from your experience in professional sports um, as an athlete and utilizing it to manage your businesses and employees now? I think timing, um, uh, balance, you know, the triangle offense, Phil Jackson is all about timing is all about um, balance on the floor and it's all about chemistry. And I feel that's the same uh, philosophies that I like to take when I'm launching my business, uh, you know, being very accountable. If you look at the triangle offense, you're held accountable. You have to be on the same page. And it makes perfect sense because somebody who's not on the same page in the company, meaning if you, if you were supposed to post at 7.15 because we want to see some engagement tomorrow or whatever the case may be, and then you missed your job, that's a huge problem. No chemistry, no synergy. So, I mean, that's something that you can teach. The triangle takes two years to learn, you know, two, you know, definitely two years. So business is the same way. If, unless you're a unicorn and you have, you ran companies before and you're starting a new company, you might be off the ground in four months. Mm -hmm. But that's just not typical for every founder, you know, every entrepreneur. You know, it's typically going to take a little longer than that. So I have patience, you know, along, along with my philosophies also. Let's talk about our guy, Phil. You've had several coaches, right? You've played for, for quite a few teams. Um, what do you think was the, the difference in how you were coached well versus how you felt you were not coached well? What did Phil do that was so different than your past experiences? Well, a good coach is someone who could set a system and that system could work without them needing to call plays. And then another, another version of a good coach is someone who understands players, some players are not able to follow direction, so you got to call a play every single time. Those are, those are typically the two type of coaches you're going to find in the NBA. Now, a, a, a bad coach would be someone who is not putting the team in uh, a position to, to win and not putting the team in a position for the individuals to succeed because it's important to win, but it's also important that the individuals are having a good time. So you gotta be able to look who's on your team and you gotta be able to create recipes so everybody can be successful, so everybody can have fun. 
Now, not everybody's going to play. We understand that there's not enough room for everyone. But when players are on the floor, they should be in a position to have a little fun in a position to win. Right. And, and you're known to be uh, more eccentric or unpredictable. Yeah. How, how do you think that that, when you, if you get an employee, for example, or a partner that is very eccentric and unpredictable, how do you plan to manage that person? I like it. I like it. I, I, like, it. I like it in employees that have personality. I mean, you know, this company is not the type of company where we're trying to tell you who you are or who you should be. You know, um, it's just not the case. You know, you, you might be a woman, you might be pregnant and you still want to work. You know, like, I feel, you know, people should adjust or you might be, you know, um, have your hat to the back. I don't know, but, you, but if you can get the job done, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not in the business of changing people. I'm more in the business of trying to help people blossom and go to the next level. Now, I would hope that the next level for someone that I hire is in a year from now that they're better and they're still with us. But, you know, sometimes they might have other opportunities, right? So, and then I, I, I take gratification in knowing that one of my interns, one of my staff members had other opportunities and they learned um, from the experience they had with me. One of the reasons why I started, I wanted to start this champion series was yeah. because, you know, I attribute the success of our company to my own coaching experience, you know, coaching a high school girls team. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the communication that I'm trying to get out there is sports uh, in professional sports. You all are having to do things at such a heightened level and in a lot shorter period of time. Yeah. You don't have you don't have five years to win a championship. Right. You you have right. one season, and so when a player or a member of the team is maybe not performing to what the expectations are, you can't just fire them. Right, right, like right. like a lot of companies do, and so I'm trying to bridge that communication or bridge those two worlds of of sports and business, and trying to adopt sports philosophies into business to where we're not just giving up on people because they're not performing well for a short period of time, but trying to understand them better and figure yeah. out, you know, how do we get this person to perform and be happy doing that? And so what, you know, you've worked, I mean, you've arguably worked with some of the best to ever do it in coaching mm -hmm. and athletic performance, such as Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant. Um, what were your biggest takeaways from working with, you know, leaders like that? You know, I would say Phil Jackson would be, let's just say the company's uh, CEO and Kobe yeah. would, would be a director. Yeah. What, what types of takeaways are you taking from those and applying that into your businesses? Yeah, I think the takeaway is the focus, preparation, Kobe getting to the gym at 530 in the morning, working out early. Right. Uh, Phil Jackson managing multiple egos and often taking guys like Dennis Rodman or myself and other characters that have big egos and issues where he's managing the issues. You know, and that's so impressive because when I first started my, my, my first real company, I had issues with the egos, right? And and people's personalities, because you want everybody to do exactly what you want them to do. 
but that's just not realistic. That's like in a game, you know, you try to, you know, uh, put J.R. Smith in a box. and say, J.R., don't shoot from that far out every single time, right? And, but that takes away from that player, you know? Or, you know and so, so that's something that, you know, I don't like to do. And that's what I learned from guys like, you know, Phil and Kobe. And, and Kobe also, something I learned from him, which is different from Phil, he's going to really get on your case if you're not performing at your best. You know, now in a startup, you can do that, but in a startup, people or some people are not getting paid. You know, with interns are trying to learn, you don't want to discourage them. Whereas if you have, if you have W2 employees, then okay, you can turn it up a little bit more and hold them accountable, right? So it's like, you also got to know where you're at in your business, right? And, and you also got to know the personalities. Some people can't take criticism also. What has been the most challenging part for you in, in managing employees now? I think the, the most challenging is getting that right person. And when you don't find the right person, uh, some, you know, and I'm speaking from a startup angle because I have a startup. Uh, so I think when you don't find the right person, what, about, what I've experienced personally is, you know, since it's not perfect, you don't, you don't think the job can get done. The job can still get done. That's why it's really important that as a founder that you learn about your business inside out. You know your business inside out so you can pick up the slack. Sometimes you might have an employee that you like, but then they need help also. So you got to bring on someone else, which is not ideal, but sometimes you have to, you know, um, just to put the pieces, you know, together. Um, so that's been the most difficult thing is, you know, trying to find that perfect piece. But sometimes those perfect pieces are in other companies. Mm -hmm. So then with me, what I like to do is, if I can find an employee that, that's willing to learn and, you know, hey, you want to learn and we're going to teach you to, be, to, to level up, right? And you leveling up, it should help us and it should help you. As a startup, are you, you know, kind of starting to put a process together and assessing people who apply for the jobs and just taking more time and being more deliberate about what kind of person is going to be happy in this position and be successful as well? Because oftentimes startups are, you know, I need an accountant and they, they find, you know, a job description somewhere random and put it up, but they don't really take the time to, to understand, you know, what type of strengths are going to be great for our company or for this team specifically. And so are you all working on building that part of it out, which is really what contributes to culture when you think about it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. You know, um, and you made a good point where you said, well, the person you can be happy in that position. And, and that's a good, that's, that's a good thing to read. And maybe you can't read it on the first interview, but that's something you want to pay attention to. Because, you know, if I had a job, when I play basketball, if I'm on the bench, I'm not happy. I'm gonna take the check, but I'm not happy. Ultimately, I could be detrimental to the team because you can start to act out or you can start to rebel or you can start to just not get 100%. So that's really a good, that's really a good uh, kind of point of view um, from, from, where you, from how you asked that question. 
because if you're not thinking about that, I think it can be really difficult. You know, I, I think you'll be in a situation where your team is just not functional. And it, it's just a, a revolving door, right? If you're not really taking the time to, okay, maybe that wasn't the right person, but why weren't they the right person? And why didn't we figure that out in the interview process? Or yeah, yeah. why didn't we take the time to know what kind of person was even needed for this position and asking the right questions? I, I feel a lot of companies are very unintentional with their hiring today. You know, they just put it out there. And if somebody, you know, they, they hire people that are like them which is not always good because, you know, for me, I'm a creator. Imagine if I had a, a, a bunch of creators on my team, nothing would get done because we're all stuck in la la land all the time, you know? <laughs> and so it's important, it's important to assess, okay, where are my weaknesses? And does that person have my weaknesses as their strengths? And will they, you know, add to the team? Um, so I do, I, I love that you're thinking about these things already. And I think that will be a testament um, to how your companies and your, your ventures grow because you're just so intuitive, not only about employees, but you're so intuitive about what your customers want as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and being intuitive about what the customers want, that, that's something that came later uh, because one of the issues with entrepreneurs and founders like you said, if you're not thinking about the customer, it's going to be really hard for you to have a successful company. And so what I've been doing lately is instead of just pushing out the company, putting every single feature in the app all at once, you know, I've been trying, I've been doing a lot of case studies, uh, going out on the grounds and testing out different uh, concepts that I think will work. And some of them work and some of them don't. Yeah. No, for sure. That makes sense. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners where they can find you, your company and your product. Well, absolutely. Um, thank you for that. So you can go to arttestmanagementgroup.com to see uh, my creator sports uh, holdings, uh, technology company uh, where we have our incubator and we have some companies and some investments. So, you'll be able to really get a chance to see what uh, Metaworld Peace has been doing. And then also uh, you can go to X verse X sports everywhere um, at on every single social media platform, just at X verse X sports um, and X verse X sports.com, you know, to get a, to be an early registrant. What we're doing on X verse X sports.com sign up early, you'll get access to the app early before everybody else. So we're doing that for 2000 people. Uh, up until June 15th. So um, that's what we're doing. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know, giving, giving me the opportunity, right, to put my company, you know, in, in the front. And, uh, you know, hopefully that people really enjoyed this interview. I had a good time. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody who um, will be listening to this. You can find us on Instagram at HRSucks. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a beat. And Meta, again, thank you. I, every, just to repeat what you said, everyone go to xversusxsports.com, sign up to be on their emailing list so you can be one of the founding uh, downloaders of their app. 
and when Meta is ready to hire, I'm sure he'll tell me and I'll make sure everybody out there knows to go apply um, because it sounds like what you all are doing is going to be really great and going to provide a lot of jobs, probably for people who otherwise, you know, wouldn't have the opportunity to make money um, in things that they love doing. So thank you again, and I'll see you all on the next episode.